Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box. Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. All right. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Away from Hale End. This is a very special episode. We have our first guest ever, and it is Kev from Next Gen Arsenal. How you doing, Kev? How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on, Will. It's a pleasure to be here. As I was just saying to you off off, uh, off recording, it's a heat wave over in here in Britain, so I'm not dealing with that very well, but it's, but it's a nice distraction to be doing this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's uh, we got some heat over here, as I was saying as well. But obviously, our countries are set up a little bit differently when it comes <laughs> to uh, dealing with the weather. But Arsenal are over here in the United States, and yeah. one big storyline already has been Rule Walters, who is not expected to be one of the Hale End prospects coming, you know, on the preseason tour of all the guys. The fact that he's the only one definitely a little bit surprising, and you know. I thought at least the likes of Brook Norton Cuffey would be the first defender called. Obviously, with the under-19 Euros happening this summer, potentially mm-hmm. they didn't want him to travel. But do you see Roel Walters kind of beating him out for that position, you know, as kind of the utility extra defender this year for maybe Europa League and Cup games? It's possible. The good thing about Roel Walters is he's a real versatile player, and it's not yet defined exactly what, what type of defender he's going to be, whether he's going to – specialize as a as a, a right back or a wing back or or the, he'll go to center back or I mean we saw him play left back the other night I've never seen him play left back before so yeah. it, and he did a good job it just shows the versatility he has um he's a strong boy he's a big lad isn't he and and he's he's certainly done a lot of work over the last uh, year you can see to to kind of grow into his frame a little bit and he's he doesn't look out of place on the field next to senior footballers and that that was something that was really striking to me when you know he when he was uh, his recovery pace and physicality against senior footballers senior strikers was 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 really striking and it, it, and it's he's he's really impressed and every whatever has been asked of him he's just done whether it's center back left back right back he'll just go and go and do it i mean he he had a really good season last year and i highlighted him as um I thought the first, the best first year scholar we had last year. I thought he was he was the number one in that department because he just stepped into the under twenty threes as it was then, and he, again he just adapted to that level really quickly and he didn't look out of place and he was being played in a variety of positions. Probably mostly played at right back, but he would go wherever was asked of him again and he he was really impressive. So it's we ne- we probably didn't think it a month ago, but it it isn't out of the uh, picture for him to play his way into contention and maybe be an alternative to Brook Norton Cuffey, who, who, who definitely has his strengths and, and uh, is a, is a, is a great player as well, but it, it's great to have that alternative in, in rule. Certainly. And I mean, obviously it's, it's so interesting because you think of loans only loan moves only being helpful to a player going out on loan, but if it weren't for Norton Cuffey and Alabiosa going on loan second half of last year, Will Walters doesn't get any minutes probably with the under 23s and he's probably just in preseason with the under 18s or under 21s right now. So that's why those long moves are so important, right? Like we have to make yeah. money for everyone to get the experience yeah. they need Definitely. at the right level. Definitely. And also when when you think about what what does it take for a young player to get opportunities within the first team, often when you think back to all those players that have got in, uh, it's often luck and timing. 
uh, that totally. are big proponents of, of how they get to where they are. And, and some people get that little bit of luck and get that chance and they take that chance and off they go from there. So, I mean, it's great to see Raw get this chance. Definitely. And it, that brings us perfectly to what I wanted to talk with you about next, because luck and timing are everything when it comes to, you know, breaking through a major academy, especially at a top team like Arsenal. And you think about Bukayo Saka. Europa League is the reason that he was able to break through at 17 years old. If we were in Champions League that year, it's a lot less likely that he's a player who is where he is right now. And without Europa League last year, Amari Hutchinson didn't get the chance to play for Arsenal's first team. He made the bench 10 times, but never got a look in. And we all woke up to this news just over last weekend that he had signed for Chelsea. And for me, I understand him leaving. Honestly, I do get it. He's obviously got a major future, incredibly skilled, and he's a very high-profile player with a rat agent who wants as much money as possible for himself and for his player. But to go to Chelsea, a club known for stunting growth of youth players and selling them on and never letting them make the first team, I just can't understand this move. Is there something that you're seeing that I'm not? I mean, I don't know. No, I think think we all sort of had the same... um opinion of that and you can almost see the trajectory from here you, you can see that he'll probably hang around the development squad for Chelsea until January and then he probably will go on loan to either the championship or somewhere in Holland um, and then the following season he might get a loan to Vitesse or something like that and then the following <laughs> season he'll get sold to Southampton or Crystal right. Palace for 20 million and Chelsea will have a buyback clause and you can just see the whole thing play out can't you and if that's what he wanted, then it, you know he's every right to make that career move. As in, totally. will he get the the chance to play at Chelsea? I don't think so. And you know, Chelsea have only really since the Frank Lampard era, where they were forced to field young young players. Right. They've only really since played Trevor Chalobah and. and you know, he he probably he he went on a lot of loans before he got that chance and. You know they're buying a lot of new centre backs now as well. So will he get that chance again? I'm not. I'm not too sure. Um, they're selling Levi Corwell as well, most likely. So yeah, down that we'll take him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's class. It's that's the Chelsea way, isn't it? That that's what they do. And the academy to them is more about making money than it is building stars for their first team. And that that's fine. That's their prerogative. And um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't see it coming at all. Um, I knew contract talks had had been up and down, um, but I wasn't expecting this. And none of us are really sure whether his contract was up or whether it had a year left. Yeah, it um, doesn't seem clear on that. I thought yeah. it had a year left, but I did. You know, yeah. it doesn't feel like there was any kind of fee or anything that was involved no. in the move. I'm not too sure. And Arsenal are not really wants to disclose those details of often and, and not really wants to disclose details of contract lengths either. Often with a lot of young players, Arsenal have options to trigger a contract for another right. year. Uh, so I wondered if there was things like that involved. I'm not too sure. But yeah, um, I don't think any of us saw it coming. I, I was fully expecting him to go on loan. And and when he wasn't called into uh, the squad to go on tour, that didn't really necessarily worry me straight away. I, I just assumed he's he's on his way out on loan, like like we saw Flores go and, and right. a few gone. I assumed that would be his path. So it was a big, big shock to me. And, and, and sad because, like you said, what could have been, right? He, we, if we were in the Europa League last season and he would have got those opportunities, I think he he could have shown yes. something that we know he's probably capable of. 
Yeah, um, I mean, to, and to... you look at the matches he was on the bench for last season. I mean, other than the Burnley match where he probably could have come in and made something happen just because of the kind of player he is. Those were matches you were trying to secure top four. Like, yeah. not really so, the right time to throw him under the fire. Yeah. Like, come into the Premier League yeah. for your cameo 15 minutes in. We need a goal against Wolves. Like, that wouldn't have made a lot of sense to throw him in. in that Absolutely. And, and you just, you know how fickle some Arsenal fans can be sometimes, especially in that cauldron of fire. If if a young player gets thrown on the pitch and things don't go well, then that young person is is thrown to the lions, then aren't they? And we've 100%. seen it before with the way fans have reacted to Niketia and, and other young players that have had bad games. And you know, sometimes they can be a bit relentless, Arsenal fans, and as a crowd as well. And you know, it's it's difficult. So I I can understand why he he didn't get on on the field last season, but I'm sure he probably was frustrated with that. Yeah. The thing is, though, as much as it seems like he's been around for so long and he's such a big name, he's only 18 years old. I mean, he's he's quite young. Like, not many great players who come out of Hailend have made major marks before 18 years old. I mean, the likes of Fabregas, Wilshire, Saka, maybe. I mean, and Kedia obviously (laughs) had an amazing debut, but then took him another five years now to become a, you know, a player who plays week in and week out. Yeah. You, you have to I think, think a lot of it was agent-driven. And I've read I, that, I guess, Omari was a Chelsea fan growing up. He's a boyhood Chelsea fan. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't know that. And um, I actually interviewed Omari once. I, I was lucky enough to interview him, which was, was a really good experience. And he was, he's a really nice kid, really humble and really family-orientated kid. And he never mentioned anything about supporting Chelsea. In that <laughs> movie, maybe. But yeah. he, he talked about, you know, when he was at, Charlton and and his brother was playing in in certain teams so he sort of just hung around and he, he got scouted by Arsenal through that so um he never mentioned being at Chelsea but there are I think there are some pictures of him as a yeah in a, a I've seen a couple of those circulating yeah 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 well, so maybe, maybe kept that one quiet <laughs> Good luck to him, honestly. I mean, you got to make yeah. the right move for you. I don't think, as we said, was the right move. He probably will end up at Crystal Palace or Southampton in three years when if he had done it the reverse way and gone to one of those clubs yeah. now and then maybe impressed there and then made his way to Chelsea, that probably yeah. is a much better path for him. But, you know, this is the decision he made. We'll see how it plays out. I honestly do wish him the best of luck. Hopefully he succeeds not at Chelsea but somewhere else because <laughs> yeah. um, that would be a killer. But, you know... He could have done the Marcelo Flores route, which, as we you just mentioned, just, you know, yeah. made a surprise loan move to Real Oviedo. And I think, honestly, the thing for him right now is all he wants more than anything is to make the World Cup squad. And so he was not yeah. – I don't think he wants to leave Arsenal. I think he wants to succeed at Arsenal. But this year, yeah. he needs to be playing immediately at the senior level. And yeah. this could be a great move for him. I think he could gain a lot of confidence. He could do extremely well here, play week in and week out, and, and test himself physically – against you know players of that level uh i don't know if the mls would have given him that same challenge it might have given him a better chance at making the world cup just because i know there are a lot of mexican players in the mls who are going to be in that squad but what are your thoughts on this loan move well i'm I'm really excited to him i'm really excited to to watch some of the games in la liga too and and keep track track of what he's doing and i think it it is time for for him to play senior football and he's is such a great technical player and and another his work rate is excellent as well and that really came through in the the under 23 games last season which I know Mikel Arteta will love as well about him that 
he he he's a hard runner on the pitch and he's he's like a rash he will press and he's got a lot of energy and that's that's a you know that's a, an Arteta blueprint right there isn't it that's what he wants out of his players so you can really see him being uh, an Arteta type of player like Erdegaard is that that will tactically do anything for the team. For sure. So I, I, re- I really like his, you know, his technical ability is there, his work rate is there. So by going on this senior loan, he, he's going to get to kind of find his way into those nuances of senior football and, and you know, kind of build a, a more robustness and resilience uh, in in jewels and in uh, thinking about, you know, where to run, where not to run. These little things that we take for granted that maybe you don't get from youth football that that you have to try and translate when you go into senior football so it's going to be a great opportunity for him to at a young age get senior football and fast track himself a few years and hopefully come back to us uh, even further in his development and ready to to make an impact there was something I read um, an article that the Athletic did the other day which mentioned a possible need for him to go over to Europe to gain a European passport. Yeah, I saw that as well. He needs I, to be. I don't understand that too much. But... Me neither. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of that with Brexit yeah. and everything. But yeah, 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 me neither. So that may have been a factor, and and why he has to leave on on loan, possibly. Yeah, um, but I think it works out for the best for everybody. It, it, I'm excited, and I hope for him that he does make the World Cup squad. Yeah, same. I mean, first of all. People don't realize that like the loan moves are not just necessarily about the game time. Like you have to adapt to the travel of a completely different thing than playing youth football. Like you could be playing three matches a week, like traveling with the team, being away from home. Like this are a lot of things that you have to adapt to at once. If you can even just, yeah, exactly. If you can even do that in small doses until you're ready to play senior football, it makes the adapting to playing at a club like Arsenal much easier. So like, It'll be huge for him to get this opportunity. Hopefully he makes a World Cup squad. And even if he doesn't play a minute there, just being there, being in the moment, like it, it really can make a difference for a young player. And I've never watched any second division Spanish football, so I'm excited no, to no, me watch them this year and see what that's about a little bit. I'm not going to sit yeah. here and say I know that's a great week <laughs> for him because I don't know that many people who have. So A lot of the teams in it are, are teams that have been, are always up and down in La yeah. So you've got your Zaragoza and your... Um, Tenerife and, and and teams like that. So for sure, I think I think there'll be some some a, a decent level for him there. To... For sure, and I mean, even if it's not as challenging as the championship or whatever it might be, there's always the positive that he could play amazing, go great, get great yeah. confidence, and improve his game in areas that he hasn't before. Hopefully, he'll get played out of position a few times just to learn yeah. different aspects yeah. of the of the game at that level. It, it I'm very excited uh, yeah. for that. It'll be good. And I'm just going to rattle off some names now and you just give me a quick, sure. what do you think they're going to do this year? Stay, go, or play mostly with the youth squad. And let's just start with the biggest name, Patino. What is Patino doing this year? He's going to stay. I'm certain of that. And um, this builds on very nicely to something that's been topical recently of, of him not going on tour and what it actually means for a young player to go on tour. And I think people have, really overstated this a lot. It, it, it was disappointing that he didn't go on tour and maybe some of the other young players, but what does that actually mean for them to go on tour and what will he get out of that? Right. Will it move them closer to the Arsenal first team? And the answer is probably not because that going on a tour is not going to get him 
a route into the first team. What's going to get him a route into the first team is by playing really well in the under-21s and then hopefully getting some chances in the Europa League and proving himself there. And that'll be the path that he looks to to use. Sure. The League Cup, the FA Cup, the Europa League, to, to get minutes in those games and stake a claim that he's worthy to play in the Arsenal first team. And that, that'll be what he's looking to do this season, for sure. I agree. I think he probably gets a run in some Europa League games and then see how he does there. If it feels like he's not ready, maybe a six-month loan in January, similar to what happened with Smith Rowe when he went to Huddersfield. And we saw that made a world's difference. He went on that loan to Huddersfield, Definitely. came back, broke into the team that December, and he hasn't left when he's fit. Yeah. Um, how about Aziz? Miguel Aziz. What, what, what wow. happened this year? The loan move didn't work out last year. He looked a little bit rough when he came back, a little bit out of you know game fitness, match fitness. What happens with Looked him? Took him a little while. For me, there's something in there that is a little bit of an identity crisis in the sense of I'm not sure if he knows for certain and I'm not sure if the coaches know for certain. Is he a six or is he an eight? And I think they want him to be a six. And, and you know, certainly Per Mertesacker spoke to him and spoke to everyone else about him being a six. Um, but whenever he plays as a six, he just has this sense of adventure in him that wants to get forward and sort of doesn't consider what he needs to do off the ball, his positioning. He sort of loses that focus a little bit and off he goes. Kind of reminds me of when Wenger tried to play Xhaka as a, as a six. Like just yeah, yeah. not really – he can work in a double pivot, but yeah. you need somebody next to him who has the defensive positioning. Yeah. It's similar yeah. to like when Emery tried to play Guendouzi as a six. Like he just doesn't yeah. quite have the additional awareness of understanding yeah. that he can't be venturing forward unless somebody's yeah. covering him. And yeah, Guendouzi, somebody Guendouzi is a great example of that. Yeah, it's very similar in that sense. He's he's a good player, but he has that adventure. He wants that. He wants to give and go. And Definitely. that's just him, I think. And I think we maybe need he needs to think about stop trying to take that out of his game and accept that into his game. And maybe he is an eight. Um, uh -huh. I think he's just faced with this bit of a crossroads of, of finding his identity as a midfielder. And and I'm sure it will come. I think he needs to go on loan. And I think that will be the next step from this season. The loan didn't quite didn't quite work out um, last season, but I think there was some They keep playing him as a 10. Yeah. They played him so far forward. He looked so lost. Like he didn't... Yeah. He was receiving he, the ball with his back to goal at times. Like he didn't know what to do. And then yeah. it, it just, and then he wasn't in the team anymore because he was playing played in the wrong position. Yeah. Kind of a disaster. I think when he did play as well, the technical level of, I mean, I'm sure Portsmouth fans will come after me now, now <laughs> but the technical level of the rest of the squad didn't seem to match him. He was looking for those give and goes all the time and he just wasn't getting them back. Yeah. Um, so he struggled in that sense. Uh, but I think there were things he positives he took. Um, he, he did sort of improve off with his off the ball work, and and that that was evident. And I think that was evident when he came back to the twenty threes as well. Took him a, a couple of games, but he started to find his groove and play play better and improve his levels. Um, so I still think he's got a lot to give, and um, one that shouldn't be written off at all. And I think you know he's one good loan spell away from stopping everyone and making them take notice of him again. So we'll. We'll just see how he gets on, where he goes, and and it's a bit of a mystery where he's going to go. Is it? Will it be to Spain? And, yeah, there was that that rumor of Girona, but that's kind of yeah. died down. I, it was a bit felt a bit of an odd one. That yeah, it know. seemed like one of those things where somebody random tweeted it, and then some yeah. <laughs> some other like tier four ITK picked it up, and then somehow yeah, yeah. made its way to like 
you know, the the classic Arsenal Twitter, like like it's like the Leroy Sane links that no one real has actually said anything about <laughs> it, but it seems fun. So people are gonna talk about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun link. Sure. Um next, Salah Adin. Yeah, um I describe this player as a moments player because he's the type of player that yes, he's technically sound, um, but he will just do not mo- he'll do nothing in a match. And then he'll just have a moment where he either plays a sublime pass or he rattles one in from yeah, totally. 30 yards. He's just one of those players. And I think he needs he needs more consistency for sure. And I think a loan move to somewhere. I think a loan move to to the the Dutch league there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that would be perfect for him. Yeah. Yeah. There is also, there's been a a few rumours of people, of maybe Ajax being interested in taking him um, Mm -hmm. permanently and and maybe a few few whispers of that. So it wouldn't, it would be one that wouldn't surprise me if a, a permanent move came out of nowhere, but hopefully he goes on loan and he has a good season there and, and comes back and we'll see see where he is and see if he's managed to add that consistency to his game. But for me, he's a moments player, but those moments are amazing. They're spectacular. I mean, the one that comes to mind is, I think the under-23 match with Chelsea, where, is that who it was, where he spun off of two players? And then, I mean, that was just fantastic. I mean, he's, as you said, incredibly technically skilled. And he's the exact profile of the Eredivisie, where it's just like, extreme technical skill when he has space to create in, there's nobody stopping him. And, you know, we saw with Reese Nelson last year and it's just the kind of league that you can really excel. And if you can find consistency, you can make that jump or, you know, there's nothing wrong with being an excellent player in that league. Yeah. And we seem to have some good links with that league and and teams in that league. So hopefully we can find a move from there. We have three players on loan in, uh, in Holland this right Uh, now. Yeah. Um, All right. Brooke Norton Cuffey. Is he the backup right back? Is Cedric going to be the backup right back? Is Ben White going to be the backup right back? <laughs> what is going to happen for Norton Cuffey? I think he'll go on loan. Uh, I think uh, there'll be championship clubs queuing up outside the Emirates to take him. Uh, he could go to, to many, many clubs. He, he He's a player I really, really like. He He's excellent and he's improving technically all the time, but his physicality in duels is is fantastic it's bonkers for some um, age yeah absolutely and he's he's got so much pace and uh I, I think he's just a super player and i think he's he's a future arsenal first team player for sure it's definitely there's, there's no doubt in my mind on that one it would be a big big loss to ever lose him i mean he's yeah. it's just very rare to have the technical and physical combination that he has at any position and, and especially in the modern day where right back is and left back are such important positions. Like that used to kind of be a wash away position. And now it's Definitely, like, yeah. some of the best players in the world are in that position. Yeah. I mean, Salo yeah. and Alexander Arnold, the, their teams yeah. are not the same without them. In. People are converted into those positions, aren't they? And that's, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, city's Thanks. giving Joao Cancelo the seven shirt and he's going to, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's mad, like, it? yeah. it's insane. Uh, all right, Carl Hine. The goalie situation is a disaster right now. There are too many goalies at Arsenal. Yeah, there are. And there Carl are. Hine is an incredible, incredible prospect. What, th- what happens? Yeah, I think we're up to something like nine or ten goalkeepers in in the, the whole of the academy, which is madness, really. We why we don't need that many, and it was a problem last season. Uh, and it, it looks like unless they move some on, it'll be a problem again. Carl Hine, I, I think. 
there, there was some talk at sort of the end of the last season that Carl would come in and be the number three and it would and Afro Conqueror would, would go out on loan and get that experience, which I think he needs as well. Yeah. So I'd like to think maybe that's still the plan, but it's it's hard to tell because well, Conquo the one who went to the United States and Ryan yeah. stayed here. I mean, obviously, Conquo had already been promoted to the senior team. Yeah. And I think basically the decision that was made was if you're on the senior team, you're traveling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, Carl Hine is, I think, a m- much better prospect. He looked excellent before he had that freak injury yeah. Yeah. Uh, on loan for the second half of last yeah, year. He did and, well, didn't he? and he's been really good for Estonia. Um, yeah. For senior team. Yeah. So I'd yeah, like that game against Wales where he kept Gareth Bale out was – was super, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 He's a good keeper. And I, I think I've been guilty of underrating him a little bit over the years. He he seems to su- surprise me more and more with how good he is. Uh he if he's not number three, uh, and he's not gonna get those cup competition opportunities, then he has to go alone, I think. Certainly. All right, last one. And this I is like a this odd one. This is this is fun. <laughs> Matt Smith. Matt Smith, yeah. Obviously, everyone's fan favorite from Winning the FA Cup in 2020, being in the Smash Day squad. He's won more trophies than Harry Kane. He's <laughs> been on loan a couple of times now. Last season, he played 50-plus matches on loan. Yeah. What does he do now? He's kind of aged out of the under-21s. He's not quite Arsenal technical level, but there haven't been many links of him leaving. What's no, which, which is surprising to me. There is, there's been some links of people looking at taking him on loan in the championship. Certainly think uh, he had a, a really good loan last season in a, in a team that struggled a lot and he was the, the bright spark along. Spoken to a lot of Doncaster fans and he was a bright spark in a very poor team. Um, what does he do now? For, if I was him, I think it would be time to draw a line in the sand and say it's time to start my career somewhere else. I've proved myself that I can play senior football at a decent level. And I think that's probably the right thing for him to do as a player. But whether that opportunity comes along somewhere, I'm I'm not sure. Um, so it looks like he, he'll either go on loan if, if that doesn't happen. I cannot see any way in which he sticks around. He's clearly no. too good for youth football and he's not at the point where he's going to get into the Arsenal first team. So it's I think it's he either finds... I'm sure I'm certain he'll find that loan move because otherwise he's just going to fall into an abyss isn't he and, and get lost i mean he needs to play senior football next year and it needs to be either the championship or or the best teams in in league one i mean the yeah, little, the little bit of lack of athleticism that he has is really why he's never made the next huge step yeah. kind of similar to zach swanson in a way i think where it's like yeah. hard worker very talented a little bit not quite as versatile but he can play kind of Anywhere in midfield, as long as he's not a lone six, Matt Smith. Uh, and yeah. he's an excellent passer. I mean, he's he's got yeah. great vision. He's creative. And I think similar yeah. to what you were saying about Aziz, where he kind of was in a side where the technical skill just didn't meet his level. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he, he quite literally has to leave. Like, it doesn't make – he's it's not going to sit, you know, and play youth football anymore. That doesn't make any sense. We, we've got – at the minute, we've got a really uh, massive under-21 squad. Yeah. Um, and there's at least nine or 10 players that have to leave either on loan or permanently. And, and it needs, there's time for it to happen. There's a couple of months, but it, it needs to happen really because we're at that point. If they don't leave, then they're just going to be taking the spots of the people who really need to be playing in the under 23s. You know, like, your Sego, Sego Juniors, your Koza Dubri. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, so, Taylor Hart. 
Like yeah. two years ago, Keto Taylor Hart was as big of a prospect as anyone in Hale End. Yeah. You know, things didn't quite go his way last season. And there was kind of a, a weird rumor of him going on loan, I think, to Birmingham at, at some point. Yeah, there was, wasn't there? Um, yeah. But that's kind of died down. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think they've had a, a lot of ownership changes. Right. A lot of problems there, Birmingham. So I'm not sure that was it. maybe one of those made up rumors. But yeah. um, it, it's... Uh, Kido's a, a difficult one. He really struggled to find a, a place tactically in, in Kevin mm-hmm. Betsy's side last season. He, he just couldn't cope with the with the free at the back system, and he couldn't he couldn't find his way there. And I think they once uh, they they tried him ex, to experiment with him at a, a win back once, and it yeah, went terribly. Did. <laughs> yeah, it did not go well at all. <laughs> yeah, and he just couldn't find himself his place and where he wants to be now. Now. Kevin Betsy's moved on, so it'll be interesting to see what system the under twenty under twenty one team uses and whether that benefits Kido. Um, I think a good uh, a good way of looking at that is Amari Hutchinson was in the same position where when Kevin Betsy first took over, he struggled a little bit to find his place in the side as well and where he fit, fitted in tactically into that setup, but. He adapted. He worked really hard, adapted, and found himself a place where he could. Yeah, he, he learned could, how to operate yeah. more in the middle of the park, which was. He did, yeah. Made him better at, at a lot of things that he wasn't so good. Like he was really a touchline yeah. player who kind he of was, needed yeah. the sideline to protect the ball. And he, and he learned how to shield the ball in the middle of the park and turn and yeah. find a teammate and then make a run into the box. I mean, he totally adapted. And I keep, as you were mentioning, Keto just quote, couldn't really do that last season. I couldn't think. Couldn't do it, yeah. He is a true out and out winger, and that's where he needs to play. And there just wasn't that role in the side yeah. last year. So I think that might, it'll be dictated by how the new coach sees him, I think, and how he fits into that team. And if he, if he doesn't fit into that setup tactically, then let's send him on loan somewhere where he will and I think see how he, he does. So I think that one's up in the air. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'm not too sure. Definitely. All right, so now we've talked about some of the players still in the academy, but obviously we've already sent quite a few out on loan this year, and no one has started hotter, maybe in world football, than Mika Biareff at the moment. I mean, he is just off and running uh, with Walwick. He's got five goals and an assist in four matches. He actually did not feature at all this week in either match. Uh, they played the Dortmund second team and Mönchengladbach, um, but Biareff was just an excellent coup from Arsenal last summer taking him away from the from the Fulham Academy. He was amazing both playing alongside Balogun and then also once Balogun went on loan, really did well in that kind of sole position up top uh, in the second half of the season. Is he the best striking prospect we have right now, you think? I mean, between him and Leon Edwards, I mean, obviously John Jules, it hasn't gone well for him over the past couple of years, but Beerus seems to have it all. Yeah, I, I, he's one of my favorite players at the Academy. He's He's such a good all-rounder. He just seems to have everything to his game. Um, and he might not, those attributes, he might not be at the highest level, but but he has a decent level of each attribute, if that makes sense. And he's just a great all-rounder and he, he, he's, he's a good presser. He works really hard, runs hard. He works the channels really well. And he's got that predatory instinct in the box, which is you want in every striker. He can, he can use his head and, and physicality really well. Um, and he's not slow. He's got pace. He's he, he's got a little bit of everything, and I like that about him. And I think uh, Mikel will like that in in 
he's got a great profile for a striker that really fits into Mikel's arsenal. And I think uh, it's great to see him on loan, um, getting senior football. And I think he's going to score a lot of goals in that team. Um, selfishly, it would have been really nice to see him maybe get a, a chance for us in the Europa League and, and the Cups. I think he, he could have surprised a lot of people with his quality, but it would be great to see him have a good season on loan. Yeah, do you think that potentially that might be Valgun's role this year? I mean, it feels like that would be such a miss for him to just be playing in yeah. Europa League in the Cups and that he needs to be playing week in and week out, but there's not been any real concrete links with any particular club. I mean, it seems like championships most likely. I, I know, mm. you know, both of us were saying that, you know, he wasn't going to be measured by goals last year. He did pretty well at Middleborough. He had kind of a spell in and out of the team, which was odd. Yeah. He's obviously well, way too good for youth levels. I mean, playing with even the England under-21s, he was dominant. Um, you know, it's a weird one. I I think he needs a really good full year alone if he's going to be trusted at our yeah. long term. So it's just like they have yeah, to make the exact really right happen. decision. Yeah. I think uh, it, it's a difficult one because I think he could do a job for Arsenal as as a backup striker that that fills in when we need it and in the cup com- competitions. I think he's got that quality and he's good enough now to do that. He's, he's not good enough now to be a, a first team play every week striker for Arsenal. We are, that that's clear, but he probably could do a good job. Um, but is that best for his development? And the answer is probably not. Like you say, what's best for his development is to go play a full season of senior football and really kind of get that experience, which he was starting to get with with Middlesbrough and, and he was doing well. And, and I, I was really impressed with him uh, last season at Middlesbrough and the way he he really developed some of the things that he needed to improve upon, he, you know, um, being more self-sufficient in chance creation and and playing with his back to goal more and linking in play more, um, being a little bit more cuter with with his runs and yep. a bit, being a bit more efficient with that. And um, he was gaining these things, and you could see him improving each week. And I think I think uh, in a selfish way, we want to see him every week. But I think they they did well to protect him sometimes and just just not overplay him and. And that was the reason why he, he didn't always play. And and they had a lot of other strikers as well. They wanted to kind of they were I, I don't think he ever played two games with the in a row with the same strike partner, which would have been frustrating for him. And that was a new system for him to learn as well. It was a different system. It's a very it's, different system. You got yeah. center backs making overlapping runs. It's not yeah. there aren't many <laughs> systems in uh, England that work that way. So definitely a lot to adapt to. I think tactically he would have gained a lot from that. And so I think uh one more season on loan, I think. He, he's at that position where you look at players like Tammy Abraham and they went on loan to the championship. I was about to it. say Tammy Abraham. That's exactly yeah. the path I'm seeing for yeah. him. Yeah, He needs to go score 20-plus goals in the championship because, next year. Yeah. And then, you know, he probably – Arsenal probably don't go buy another 50 million pound striker or whatever. And, you know, him and Kedia Jesus, especially because all three of them can kind of play on the left wing as well. Yeah. Jesus can kind of play on the right wing too. That versatility gives them a real chance to all, you know, make it into the same team. Everything he did at Middlesbrough was uh, was almost self-sufficient. He created it all for himself and he had to um, because they really lacked quality and creativity in their midfield. It was, it was, uh, it was a poor midfield. And so imagine him in the championship doing that for himself, but also having chances created for him by good creators. I mean, he's going to, he's going to eat those chances up. Definitely. So, uh, yeah. 
I, I think a, a year in the championship would do him the world of good and give that Tammy Abraham effect like we talked about. And it'll be even better for us a year on. Another striker who, I mean, we have just blessed with striker talent, but Nikolai Moeller now seems to kindly have settled in at Den Bosch. He's had a real nice preseason, scored again this week uh, in a friendly against UNA. I'm not going to go ahead and say I really know who that squad is. Uh, <laughs> but he started up top, played 60 minutes. Uh, and the big thing last year uh, for him, especially in the second half of the year with Den Bosch, was he wasn't making runs that strikers need to make into the box. He wasn't getting on the end of crosses. He wasn't scoring those first-time finishes that a poacher of someone in his size, especially, I mean, he's massive, needs to be scoring. And he's already done that now twice in preseason. Seems a little bit more comfortable. Uh, he's finished with his head. He's finished with his right foot first time. This was a nice finish over the outstretched arms of the keeper. Uh, he looks just a lot more confident in himself. A major year for him on loan. Obviously, he's in the second division in Holland. Uh, if he's to succeed there, probably would need to go on loan to a championship side in the season after, I know it seems like there's a lot of strikers right now at Arsenal. I'd love to see Muller make it. He's such a rare profile strictly because of his height yeah. and, you know, first touch and, and possession abilities. He can be a real asset. I don't know what you, you think might be next for him after this year or what, how you would measure success for this year, but, but let me know what you're thinking. I'd like to see just improvement in his development. I totally agree with what you're saying. And in the small sample size of when he played for our under 23s, you could, you could see profile-wise he was unique, but he was really lacking in aggressiveness in the box, using his size and profile totally. to, to be aggressive and be a, and bully defenders and, and get on the end of things that he, he should be getting on the end of things. He, he was lacking that. And he, and he did score a few goals, but a lot of them were sort of tap-ins. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but... Um, you know, you, you, he was lacking that aggressiveness. And I saw the goal he scored uh, the other day and, and it was aggressive. He, he got in front of the defender and he got himself into a good position and and finished, close range finish well. Um, and that's what he needs to be doing. So if he can develop that part of his game, he could be a bit, a bit of a monster striker, couldn't he? He's, he's got For that. Sure. I mean, there's not many six foot four no. players out there with... Also, he really has a very soft first touch. Like he can control yeah. the ball with his chest, his thigh, his foot, his head. He's really got that part of the game down, which is usually the harder part of the game to learn. <laughs> For him, it seems like a mentality thing. And, you know, I've actually uh, spoken with his dad a few times, uh, and it, it seems like he's just never been able to settle in anywhere. He's been yeah. moving around. He wasn't part of Arsenal preseason his first year at the club. Uh, then last year, he made a very last-minute move to the third-division German side. Yeah, that didn't work out well. He got him. injured. As you were saying about the aggressiveness, he got a knee to the back and broke, like, two you know ribs in his yeah. back, which he missed, like, six to eight weeks. Then he got COVID. So, he like, basically, that was a wash. Then he joined, you know, moved then again to Holland, where he was there for the second half of the year. He just really never got a chance to settle in. And he basically asked the club to go back to Den Bosch so he could be there for preseason, settle in, and and – feel more at home. And I think that's going to make a huge difference for him yeah. confidence wise, right? Like really smart. people yeah. have to remember these are kids. They're not, yeah. you know, yeah. they're yeah. first time leaving home, living alone in the middle of some country they've never lived in. Like, I think this is going to be a really comfortable place for him. And, and hopefully that'll change his mindset and aggressiveness. Yeah. And I think he, his identity as a player is going to start to come, come more clear now. And, uh, and I think it should be an exciting season. We're all going to become uh Dutch football experts by the end of this season, I think. Yeah, I mean, we have Omar Rekik also 
in Holland, started off pretty well, scored in his first friendly, uh, played 66 minutes in, in another friendly this week against Willem. Uh, it, this is a, a great league for him. I mentioned it last week on my podcast, but it, he reminds me a little bit of Davinson Sanchez when he was in Ajax, where he's just happy to dribble out from center back position, yeah. take all the space in front of him until somebody takes him on and he can pass well with both feet. I mean, I remember <laughs> when I was living abroad, I went to an Ajax game. Uh, with Davinson Sanchez was like 18. And I just remember watching a center back dribble from his own box, almost to the other attacking box. I was like, what in the world is going on here? And I think Omar Recchi can take up a similar role. I mean, he is so comfortable for a center back with both feet and dribbling and passing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's highly rated by a lot of people, isn't he? And, and we just haven't quite been able to see that consistently yet. So it'll be really good to, to hopefully see that. And, and I think he's one of those players as well. If he does have a good season, I think we'll face a struggle to keep him. I think clubs will come after him. He's certainly, yeah. I mean, he's played for Tunisia's first team already a few times. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he has the experience. And again, I think consistency, both injury wise and on the pitch, has really been his main issue. But there's definitely a player there. Uh, and a, a, another couple of center backs, just or defenders at least, to go over Alex Kirk. Kind of yeah. an odd loan move, second division, Scotland. I mean, I think, again, they're just – the squad's too big in the under-21s, and they're looking to see who's willing to go and who they can, you know, develop. And, it's, you know, he's an incredibly interesting player as well. Is, yeah, I think uh, Arsenal are developing a habit of sending players to Scotland, and it's it's not one I understand really. No. Really. I've, I've, watched, I've watched games in that league a few times, and I wouldn't call it an impressive league, and it's um, all the league below it. Um, and I think we've we've sent Ryan Alebas. I always have trouble saying his name. Yeah, sent him to Comanic today, and and uh, last season I think we sent um, Harry uh, Clark, Ginola and Harry Harry Clark over there. And yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm not a big fan of the Scottish league, and and I shouldn't really say these things on podcasts because you know I don't want the Scots coming after me, but. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like an odd one. Um, the manager, Lee Bullen, seems just from the three matches that they've already had that Kirk was involved in one, seems like a real character. Uh, seems yeah. like he's not really a soft, not one for you know any soft, kind words for yeah. a young player. So it might be a big learning curve here. For <laughs> I Alex think he'll Kirk. do well up there. He's, he's, I think he'll do well. Yeah, they play a three at the back, so at least he'll have some cover. Yeah. He's not going to be, you know, struggling out on his own there. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned Harry Clark. I don't know if it was just a Scottish league thing or whatever last season, but I've never watched somebody with less positional awareness <laughs> in my life than him last year. And it doesn't seem to be how he's played for Stoke so far this year. He's only played a couple of times for them uh, assisting in his first match uh, in a friendly, but he's, a, he's an interesting profile. I'm not sure he's yeah. you know, cut out to make it long-term at Arsenal, but he's certainly an interesting player. Yeah, I mean, he seems to have developed into a bit of a wing-back, full-back, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he was a centre-back his whole right. career. Yeah. He was, he was, and even he he went into central midfield at times as well. And he, but he was thought of mostly as a centre back, and he sort of it's not materialised for him there. And he's taken his chances well to to develop where he can. Um, I remember his his dad tweeting me once and having a having a conversation with dad on Twitter, and his dad said that he could play right back as well, which, which I'd never seen him play there at the time. And, and he is definitely, right. yeah, <laughs> on, on he went to develop there. And I mean, when he was on loan at Hibs for the second half of last year, 
he was quite literally the furthest man forward most of the time. Like he's got some good goals as well, didn't he? Yeah, he's got he's got a real he, with both feet. He can score with both feet. He can yeah. cross with both feet. Really, an interesting player. I mean, I don't think he'll play in in a side coached by Mikel Arteta at any time. But uh, I think you know, as you were saying at the beginning of this episode, Chelsea are the exact example where you just need to progress players regardless. And if you can make a sale of eight, 10 million pounds, you can sell three yeah. players in the summer for that amount of money, that your budget's just gone up by 20%. Absolutely. It's it's definitely something Arsenal of, of the last 18 months have been trying to take more advantage of and trying to um, use the academy for, for the dual purpose of making money and producing good players for the first team. So it's, it and it's something we're, we're starting to do. There's a lot more, uh, deals being done with with clauses in contracts that yep. will will yep. see us get money down the line. Daniel and, Ballard, yeah. So there's a lot of those that will come into fruition for us in the future, which is smart moves, really. So I think we're thinking a lot better in terms of how we use the academy players these days, and and it's absolutely down to Permit Saka that he's he's putting that work in. He's been he's been awesome. Um, Two more guys on loan here. Uh, the first one was an incredibly weird one, was Ovi Ejahiri going to the sixth division, <laughs> Jumsford City. I mean, he's he, he's now played in his second friendly, played 45 minutes and kept a clean sheet. Uh, but, I, I mean, I guess it's just too many goalies and whoever would take a goalie. There is, yeah. I mean, it was just seems like one where somebody offered – to take a goalie on loan from us, and that was that was all the decision came down to. Yeah. I think what frustrates me sometimes – last season and, and the last few seasons is we've had so many goalkeepers at academy level. We're, we're having to rotate them almost every game just to keep yeah. them happy. And it's, it, it do, it's not good for the team to do that in any, no. in any way. And they all offer a little bit different qualities as well. Yeah. And there are goalkeepers at the club, like, like James Hilson, Tom Smith, which I feel like I've never really properly seen them. They've never I don't think I've ever seen side. really yeah. James Hilson play a match before. I've just no, heard his name and, and seen him in training. And <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it feels weird that they're here and, and they may be good, but they just never get a run in the team. So it's, it's hard to know if, they're good or if they're going right. to develop or not. And uh, I like Hubert Graxi quite a lot. And yeah. I think he, I, I'm hoping that he becomes the, the under-21 goalkeeper and plays most of the games this season because I think he's 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 got something about him. He's a good character. And he's a good shot stopper to, too. Yeah, yeah. He needs so to work on his distribution a little bit, but he's a real yeah. good shot stopper. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, last guy on loan, a guy who's just cannot – Cannot find any luck anywhere. But uh, obviously, three years ago, I would have said there's no way he wouldn't be an Arsenal player. Tyrese John Jules, like, you just have to feel bad for the guy at a certain point. Between the Absolutely. injuries and the, I mean, the thing with Blackpool was super weird. They like he was playing okay. They kept kind of playing him out of position, and then all of a sudden, he just never made a match day squad again for the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to it's hard to put your finger on what goes wrong but we talked at the beginning about luck and how that can play a major part and he's just had none of it he's, he's had bad luck and you know injuries fitness because he's not been able to get consistent runs in the side he's never built built up that rhythm I don't think he's ever had a consistent run of, of 10 consecutive games in a team or something like that he's just never been able to build a rhythm anywhere and when you don't have that rhythm that that it adds, it adds a, in, in those niggly little injuries, doesn't it? And he, yeah. and he just seems to be very vulnerable to picking things up like that. And 
uh, yeah, I, I really like him as a profile. I think he's got a bit of everything about him. Uh, I think he, he's a really hard-working player, the type of player I really think Mikel would like again. But it is at the point, he's on loan now, but it, it's at the point where you must feel it. He, he needs to maybe draw a line in the sand and try and find a career. That's his luck somewhere uh, else, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a bummer yeah, because... Just a fresh start. He kind of has it all as far as yeah, you know, center definitely. forwards go. I mean, he's not the tallest, but he can play with his back to goal. He can use both feet, finish with both feet from anywhere. Excellent passer of the ball. Excellent in link-up play. Good presser. Hard worker, as you said. I mean, it, it just seems really unfortunate for him because he, I mean, he was awesome. And, you know, other than that one spell at Doncaster where he was there for a second half of a season where he kind of got in, finally got a little bit of a run into the team. Yeah, he did. He, he's got so a couple of Five or six goals. Yeah, three, two or three assists. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the best example of his luck was last season going on loan and playing one match and getting injured and not playing again the entire second half of the season. I mean, that was insane. It just sums, sums it up for him, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really does. Really the unfortunate nature of his career so far, but I hope for him uh, he's able to find find some consistency at, at Ipswich and he's able to stay fit and show what he can do. Yeah, I hope he gets to play center forward too. I mean, it seems again like they want to play him out on the wing, but he's really a center forward. I mean, that's really where he's been at his best. He likes to make runs in behind. He likes to drag defenders out of their position, you know, linking up. We'll see, but... Ipswich have a good coach as well, don't they? It's... Um... The guy, I can't remember his name now, but the guy who used to coach at Man United. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, Kieran McKenna. Yeah, but he's yeah. a really high, highly rated coach. Yeah, he so. coached the academy in, in Manchester United for yeah. a few years, yeah. And he was one that they they wanted him to stay as well, but he was... He when was Ragnick came in, he left, I yeah. think, is what happened. That's it, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. now let's just, last thing, let's talk about the first-year scholars. You know, they're now official... Before I even run through them, who are your favorites? Um, I feel like it, it's difficult in a way because years gone by with, with first-team scholars, we sort of get a lot of different looks at them and we get to know a little bit more about them. But I think COVID has just been a, a huge barrier to us knowing as, knowing as much about these scholars as we would previous. I don't think I said that very eloquently, but... Uh, it's been so a lot of them. We I feel I feel we're a little in the dark about and don't really know what type of players they are. But from from the bits I've seen, um, I really like the centre back Maldini Kokori. I think he he has he's a really aggressive, strong looking centre back. Great um, name for a centre back. Great name. <laughs> I think uh, we we sort of uh, nicked him away from Fulham and. Yep. Um, he he's looked good in the games he's played so far, so I think he'll do quite well. I think um, Amari Benjamin is a, a great prospect who who's capable of scoring a lot of goals. I think can play out wide, can play as a striker. I think that's his best position. Yeah, definitely. Um, the one the one I saw who I really liked um, is Josh Nichols, who's a small kid, but he, he can play either. He bombs either, it down the wings. <laughs> so much energy, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah bombs down the wings and I, I like I like him a lot uh, and I think Seb Ferdinand would be the other one who I like the look of a talented looking winger who who has a, a real life a goal so I think that would be my my picks yeah I think them for definitely I liked the look of Rosiak Mikhail Rosiak at right back um, oh yeah friendly yeah. the other day uh for the U18s I thought he looked real comfortable there he's a good passer of the ball yeah. from that position 
Uh, I mean, yeah. probably needs to get a little stronger physically if he's going to be playing that position. I think he can play in midfield a little bit as well. Uh, and then Alexi Rojas, who seems to be another incredibly highly yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah. I don't know when we have yeah. FC over here, uh, but he's already yeah. made the U20 squad for Colombia. He's represented them at an under-17 level. Uh, he seems to yeah. be a, a real talent. I mean, he seems really good at commanding the box. Like, he is not yeah. going to let easy crosses come across his six and and, and let them in. Um, and, and he seems very vocal from what I've seen. Obviously, distribution seems to be the main thing for a lot of these goalkeepers at, at this age. But another difficult another thing to learn, goalkeeping prospect. I don't know what to say. Yeah, and I think as well to, to add in there, we've got we've got the schoolboys that <laughs> we saw a little bit of under 18s level last season in Ethan Nwanyeri and, and Miles Lewis Skelly. Miles Lewis Skelly is is a guaranteed uh, unbelievable yeah. talent. He is something else. He really is. And- that they're 15 year olds and <laughs> they're already ahead of some of the first year scholars in what they've done in, in the under 18 squad. So that, that tells you something about their quality. And I've seen the one in the area a couple of times now, and he's a really exciting player. And they're alive for, for goal. That's for sure. Yeah. Lewis Skelly Moore as well. Yeah. So they're, they're two very exciting players. I think Lewis so Skelly I'm, has already played for the under 18s with England as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Which yeah, is, I think he has, at 15 yeah. is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they've signed pre scholarships with us yet. I hope they have um, because they're in that age where they're vulnerable to being stolen away from us. And I saw some Liverpool links for Nuanueri as well. Yeah, um, but you know they both both of them actually posted pictures with Jack Wilshere from like a decade ago or something when he was yeah, yeah. their 18s coach. So I have a feeling they're going to at least be around for yeah. I feel it's going to be a great ride with Jack Wilshire as well. I was really pleased for him to, to get that uh, job. But I look at players like Nguanieri and, and Lewis Skelly, and they look so good at that age. And we're already seeing them adapt to playing up, up their age groups already. And I, it, it reminds me of uh, Yunus Musa and, and Miguel Aziz when they came on the scene. They were, they were exactly the same. And we had the exact same excitement about them and, and Louise uh, Aziz is hopefully going to go on and, and become a great player. And uh, Yunus Musa is still one I'm really sad we lost. Is as an, an American, player. I'm very sad we lost. So yeah, I can imagine. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's a good player doing good things in Spain. I'm still so. waiting. I'm still waiting for uh, Gideon Zelalem to make it at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he now? Is he New York still? New York City FC. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's actually where I'm located. I get to see him. I go watch him play once in a while up at Yankees. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, he, yeah, he was that he one was preseason a... man. It looked like he was it. He was going to be yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that slide pass he played in preseason was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Before we go, last thing: if there was one guy that you were excited to watch with the under twenty ones this year, that maybe maybe that isn't you know Kayon Edwards or Amari um, or Newberry, who would it be? I I think. I'm, I'm gonna if I can break the rules. You can, can break. I do Hit me with two. So I'm gonna say there's a defender that really impressed me last season, and that's Zach R. And he's yes. he's got a great profile for a centre back, and and he's one that was maybe struggling over the years with his identity, what type of player he is. But that second half of the season, he really settled into uh, being a centre back, and his profile's great, and he was improving with every game. You could really tell, and he's someone that I think is going to go from strength to strength. And I'm looking forward. I'm hope it's my hope that him and, and Mon Louise will will be the and maybe Taylor Fran will be the 
the three centre-backs for the under-21s this season that we see the most. And my other one is Charles Sago Jr., which um, took a while for his career to get going a little bit Definitely. with Arsenal. And, it, you know, he's, he's quite small in stature, so it, it's taken him a while, I think, to, to adapt. Um, but he's got a lot of quality and, and he's a versatile. He can play either wing, he can play just in behind. Um, and I think he's a player that's gonna gonna score some goals. I fear at the minute that the under 21s team is just maybe Kay and Edwards is gonna score goals for sure, but from other positions, it's maybe lacking lacking goals. Take away those Hutchinson goals and and Flores as well. Sure. You know, start to think where are the goals gonna come from? And I think Sago Jr. is is the one that's gonna is gonna pop up with that quality and, and get some goals and assists to his name and is an exciting young player, I think. Definitely. And uh, I would just, first of all, Zach Awe, I, I am very excited for Zach Awe. I, he is exactly what you look for in a center back nowadays. Like he stands up incredibly tall. He doesn't, he's not rash going into a challenge. He rarely goes to ground, but he, when he puts a foot in, he's usually going to win the ball. And he's so comfortable in possession, like never looks like he's going to make a mistake. And even when he does make a mistake, he looks comfortable. So I like, (laughs) I like the look of that a lot. It's never like, it's never willy-nilly. There's always purpose. Um, but James yeah. Sweet, I'm very excited to watch James yeah. get his chance yeah. under 21s. I mean, I think uh, I wrote about this a couple of days ago, but when they moved him to play some right back, that really reminded me of Arsene Wenger when he would play players out of position because James Sweet needed to learn how to be a little bit more physical, and we hadn't quite seen his full range of passing. And not only did he string together like a ridiculous run of an assist per game from that position, but he now wins duels at a pretty high rate, and that's what yeah. you need in midfield. I think he's going to be – if we can make some room in midfield with the likes of Mulyinka leaving and, you know, Aziz probably going on loan and Saladin maybe going on loan, I'd like James Sweet to get a lot of, of running. Absolutely. I think there is a, a bit of a, like you're saying, a space on that on that right midfield, right wing area in that under-21s yeah, team. You know, Kido's not maybe a natural on the right there. He might play there. Does Serjan, whether he might – be a bit of a wide playmaker there but there's definitely I think a spot there to be won so hopefully we will see him I think his uh, younger brother plays as plays as well uh for the under 15s yeah so he's, uh, yeah so yeah I mean I he's one of those players that he sort of crept up on me and I didn't realize how many assists he got until yeah. sort of the end of the yeah, season like nine ten like, assists wow. last season yeah yeah so I, I'm excited to see more of him and learn a bit more about him he's he does look an exciting player for sure. Well, Kev, thank you so much for your time. This was a blast to, to do this. I'm yeah. glad we finally got the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, it was real fun. I love, you know, interacting with you on Twitter and, and you know, hopefully we can, you know, do it again soon. Absolutely. I'd love to. It's been great fun and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm really enjoying some of the pro- profiles of the Academy players you do on Twitter at the minute. I recommend everyone go and have a look at that if they, if they can. And yeah, I'd love to do it again sometime. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, everyone, we will uh, talk to you next week, and uh, thanks for listening.